This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. Today on Entrepreneurs Get Visible, I'm joined by Nick Bradley, and we are co-presenting this show for both Entrepreneurs Get Visible and Scale Up Your Business, which is Nick's very popular podcast, often found in the iTunes Top 20 for business and entrepreneurship. He is on a mission to help entrepreneurs significantly grow their business to create freedom, build wealth and live life on their terms. In this episode, we're talking all about how you can increase your sphere of influence in order to have more impact. Okay, so today I'm here with Anna Parker-Naples. Welcome. Um, Hello, nice to meet you there today, Nick. Um, I'm here with Nick Bradley, who runs Scale Up Your Business, uh, his podcast, which you can find often in the top 10 on iTunes as well. (laughs) On a a good week. (laughs) (laughs) On a good week. how those charts go up and down. I haven't worked it out yet. (laughs) I think it's just down to metrics. It's down to how many people are downloading on day one when you release your episode, I think. Yeah, I, I tend to sort of think these days when I get feedback, and people come in there asking for help with scale up and all that sort of stuff. It's more that that's of interest. So you can get a little bit too kind of stuck into where you're ranking and thinking is that about popularity, is about what you're doing, but I think it builds over time. I think you've got to have great content as well. You've got to be talking about stuff that is relevant to people, that's actually giving value and and making sure you're bringing in great people into your podcast that are going to be of interest to your own audience because there's no point... There's no point having a podcast if it's not actually giving value. That's my. And you've been podcasting for quite a while. Yeah, so I started my first podcast, which initially was called Inspiring Mummy Club. And then that kind of grew and evolved as I changed my niche and what I was doing to Inspiring Success Podcast, which you can still find on iTunes. However, I recently relaunched Entrepreneurs Get Visible. I didn't mean it wasn't a relaunch. It was a completely different beast because I wanted a different energy and a different focus and a different kind of listener. Some of my listeners have kind of come over with me, but I knew that I wanted to be much more strategic about what I did with my podcast. Fantastic. Well, let's do some intros. So we're doing a joint podcast recording. So we're going to probably be introducing ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) So Anna, do you want to introduce yourself to the Scale Up Your Business audience, what you do now and what your podcast is about? You've gone through a bit of that and kind of what your um, mission is. So my my name's Anna Parker-Naples and I help people to get more visible in their business. So that starts for me with building on confidence, a lot of mindset work. I'm a master NLP practitioner and really encouraging people to have the confidence to get out there, but then understand the mechanisms to do that. So some of that's marketing. Some of that is understanding how you network, how you go out and you collaborate with people, which is something we'll be talking about a bit more today. And one of the big things that I help people to do is get their voice more out there. So that might be through podcasting or through speaking. My background is as a multi-award winning Hollywood voice actor. So I kind of bring this whole audio stuff to the entrepreneurial space. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so now I'm going to have to be on my game today. <laughs> you can give me some Especially coaching. Some give me some coaching on my on my voice. And so my um, podcast, Scale Up Your Business, is about helping entrepreneurs who are going through, I always say the journey from startup to scale up, and we can get into what that means a little bit later, helping them get more focused on their business so they can create freedom, build wealth, and live life more in their terms. So my mission is about helping people kind of get out of what I call the struggle of business. Mm-hmm. And lots of people who start businesses are not necessarily the people who, or they're the same type of patients 
educate people who can scale them. And I don't mean that means you have to bring someone in to do that. It just means the mindset and the skill set of that individual needs to evolve and change. So a lot of the stuff that I talk about in the podcast is that. And then I work with people just trying to get them a little bit more intentional in terms of what they're doing with their business. I think that's really interesting, Nick, because I'm a starter. I love starting things and getting them going and getting them flying. But after that, I do lose a little bit of momentum and interest, to be yeah. honest. And I think it's interesting you think that there's this different, almost personality type. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because I'm the opposite. See, I was the guy, I use this analogy sometimes about if you ever played with Lego when you were a kid, and I've got two young kids and they play with Lego all the time, particularly Star Wars Lego at the moment. I was always the guy who would go in there and sort of follow the instructions and build the thing to type. And some people would actually get the same sort of Lego bricks when they were a kid and just build something really creative and yeah. wouldn't care if everything was working properly. And sort of I attune that a little back to sort of what startup and scale up is. So mm-hmm. someone who starts a business tend to be more creative, tend to be more visionary, tend to sort of go with something, quite happy with taking risk. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was always the person who would go in there and see the flaws in that and be able to optimize and be able to take something on a level. So if something's being started by someone and it's not working, I was always the guy who'd go in there and fix Come it. And be the fixer. That's right. So yeah, so that's what I do. And um, yeah, I've been doing that now for over a decade with private equity and sort of VC, venture capital-backed businesses. And now I tend to focus on working instead directly with entrepreneurs and I have my own investments as well where I buy businesses, scale them up and then sell them. Mm. So that's my my thing. So Nick and I, to give context to this this podcast episode, we met on a mastermind that we're, we're both part yep. of. And so one of the things we want to talk about today really is as you're wanting to grow your business, whether you are, you, you've got past that initial startup stage, maybe you're looking at that next level. How can you deliberately connect with the right influential people or the right peers in order to go to that next level? Precisely. Yeah. So this is an important part. So I think we'll both probably look at this from different perspectives, mm. but I think we'll have a lot of commonality in our thoughts on this because people say to me, what's the difference between startup and scale up? And more often than not, it's about your ability to work with people. So that's either your ability to build teams, lead teams, coach, motivate, all those sort of things, but also to work externally with partners and also just to kind of extend your own network Mm. and surround yourself with people who are maybe a few steps ahead of where you are so that you can get to where you need to get to quicker. Yeah, you can. I think you can because one, you are, by surrounding yourself with the right people and people who are a little bit ahead of you, it does make you up your game. You realise that the things you want to achieve are already being done or have been done in the past by someone in your sphere of influence. So therefore, instead of it being pie in the sky and something you just want to try and achieve, it's a reality for somebody else. So therefore, it becomes part of your own reality, which I think is really powerful. So for you, Nick, I was listening to one of your early episodes. Oh, God, not the early ones. I was doing doing my homework yesterday. I was doing the hoovering. And I was listening to you talking about your yearly process of sitting down and over Christmas. Yes, about (laughs) to do it again very soon. you've had all the mince pies and you're over the Baileys, where you you sit down and you break down all the things that you want to achieve. And that's not just in that year, but for your life and for yourself. And it really intrigued me because one of the things you talked about was consciously thinking about who you might want to bring into your field or who you want, what you want to learn for your personal growth and your business development. And then actually thinking, well, in the next few years, I might want to work with that person and I might want to work with this person. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I've had some good mentors and I've had some people who have, um, helped shape that thinking. And one thing to take, take away from all of that is, I use the word intentional a lot because I think it's it's a powerful word, is you have to first create the vision. And I say this whenever I'm coaching people, mentoring people, I say you've got to have a vision for what it is. And that vision is not necessarily the next three months. It can be. That's part of it. But for me, it's the next 20 years. 
So I go as far forward as saying, okay, when I'm 65, what do I want my life to be like at that age? I love that you were thinking 20 years because for me, I've never thought beyond five years because for me, that's always, well, I I know I can probably do that. And just listening to that podcast yesterday is actually going to really change my next planning session because I'm going, I I thought if I was going to think anywhere in the future, it'd be 10 years that that was just so far away. But 20 years, yeah, like a beast. It's a different thing. And, and what it 60. does, I know, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be 65 years of age. But it was funny, the person who first sort of started sort of talk to me about that said that there's no risk in setting really big audacious goals, mm. okay, other than the fact of how you then contextualize that in your mind, right? So why not go out there and just create something outstanding? So for me, it's thinking, okay, what can I achieve in one year is, is a certain amount, in three years, five years, a certain amount, 10 years, quite a lot, but what can I do in 20 years? What's my life? What, where am I going to be? Mm. What do I want, you know, the relationships that I have with people to be like? What do I want my businesses to be like? So I started with that. Now, I don't necessarily, back to your question, go back every year and go, okay, what's my 20-year vision? But what I will do is I'll use that as a marker in the sand, so to speak, to say, okay, am I on the pathway to that? And am I making the right choices over the next 12 months? Goals, actions, habits, mentors, who I need to become, my identity. Am I being very clear and intentional around that? And then that helps me be be able to sort of narrow things back to kind of where I focus my time, my energy. Mm. But I'm very, very specific Mm. about it so to give you again a bit more context when I first started doing this a few years ago now I had two lists I had a professional development list and I had a personal development list and just to kind of break that up in terms of what I mean personal development is mainly focused on my mindset so who I need to so how I manage my emotions which is really critical we can get into that a bit Um, and my professional one is who do I need to surround myself with from a professional standpoint so the reason that I was doing this mastermind with Rob Moore is that there was some stuff that Rob had or had experience that I needed I felt I needed to learn so he became on that list yeah and there was about five or six people on that list actually and Rob was one of them Mm. so that's how we met that's how we met and for me it was my decision to do that particular mastermind I'd come out of another mastermind it'd been really powerful it had been very female orientated and I was aware that I didn't want my work to be in that niche anymore that my work could affect more people and I knew at that point that I wanted to have a male mentor and I wanted not just a male mentor but to be in a mastermind with men and women because my work had become single sex and that that wasn't enough for me anymore so coming on to this mastermind was a strategic thing cool because I've seen it even in the sort of six months that we've known each other I've seen a big change in terms of that from you because when we first met you were still obviously focused mainly on that niche that's mm-hmm. coping and you've evolved that over the yeah. six months massively what was the how did that happen when did you get the, the spark, I suppose, to think about that and, and change In that? truth, it came from my book, which is due for release at the end of this month. Fantastic. Um, as I was writing the book, and actually, well, not even writing it, in the edit of the book, I kept thinking this story is for more people than I've written it for. And so how do you balance that thing up of niching and yet having a more universal story that could affect businesses, lives, creatives, professionals? How do you do that? And I felt like I was almost playing myself small. And my book is about not playing myself small. What's the book called? The book is called Get Visible, How to Have More Impact, Influence and Income. Fantastic. Wow. Cool. And I knew that I wanted it to affect as many people as it could. And there there was a balance. And actually, when it came down to it, I've been kind of in that female entrepreneur space for quite a while, become quite well known. And it wasn't enough. There were lots of people reaching out to me who were men and, and lots of creatives who didn't what didn't necessarily see themselves as entrepreneurs. So how do I how do I make sure that I'm reaching all of those? And uh, I think for me, my message is that even if you are a creative, 
you need to have that entrepreneurial head. And to me, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, we are human. And if you are driven and you're ambitious and you feel like you're not quite doing what you want, then that's where I'm interested in helping people get there. And what do you think the difference is then between, so when you say everyone has that entrepreneurial mindset or view, what is that to you? How do you define that? Oh, now you put me on the spot. It's about deciding that you are going to go at risk, yeah. that you are going to play, that you're going to explore, that you're going to be an adventurer within your work. Yeah. I come from a very creative background. My history is as an actor and as a, a very well-recognised um, voice actor. And... The reason that I had so much success in that in that sphere um, was because I saw myself as a business person as okay. opposed to just a performer, and it's it's those those elements that I then kind of transmute into what I do now. Interesting, yeah. So my, my background previous to doing this stuff now was in media. So I was in magazine publishing and quite a lot of them spent almost 15 years of my career doing that. And we used to say, don't let the creative run the agency as a, as a bit of a joke because the whole idea mm-hmm. is you need that person in the business. Yeah. But when they get there, the the stereotype, and it's not always accurate, was was one of chaos and one of, you know, high energy, high vision, all those all those great things. But yes. when you get them to try and put some structure around that, there's a oh, panic and yeah, everything so else. Even just listening to you earlier talking about systems, that's not me. That's something I outsource in my business of someone else to design because that's that's not me. That doesn't make me tick. It's not yeah. my my field, my forte. But it is necessary to have a business that goes from just doing a little bit to being out there and having more impact. Yeah, it's the difference between, as they say, a lifestyle business and something that becomes a machine. Yeah. And machine doesn't, I mean, I use that word quite a lot, but I don't mean that to be, you know, unromantic <laughs> or kind of a bit like, oh my God, a machine. Like you kind of look at it and think, mm-hmm. how boring is that? You can still have really great creative businesses, but if you don't have those processes around it, it's very, very hard to get growth. Mm. You know, otherwise you are just going off and, you know, that shiny object syndrome that lots of entrepreneurs have. They go, oh, that's a great opportunity. And there's lack of right now. Yes. And lots of them do that and they lose focus. Mm. And then all of a sudden you realize that you've, you know, run out of cash or you've but run out of customers. that's where that long-term vision comes in for me. Who do I want to be as a human being? Where do I want to be in terms of impacting the world? Impact is a big thing. Yeah. Where do I want to be? And if I'm not thinking about where I'm going long-term, then there's all sorts of opportunities that are going to come up and I'm going to, I'm like a magpie, I'm going to want to collect them but but that's not going to necessarily serve who I am and what I'm here to do and what I want to do with my business and the effect that I want to have yeah and there's a playbook to this without it being again too formulaic but I find so when I work with someone I tend to look at six things and they're sequential to some extent so we always start off with vision Mm -hmm. and the vision the thing I always say to people is you know it's not big enough and most of the time it's not. Very rarely do I meet someone who's got a vision that makes me feel like, oh my God, wow. You know, it does happen, but more often than not, people are playing small. Mm-hmm. Then it's about goals and outcomes, you know, the things that you can actually achieve and over what time frame. And measure. Yeah, exactly. Metrics come all the way through it. Then it's strategy, then it's mindset, then it's skill set, then it's energy. And the energy piece is a bit that, you know, when I say that to people, they go, why are you bringing that into it? Because if you haven't got, if you're you not looking after yourself, you're not going to be able to deliver those things anyway. But all of that is in the context, back to what we want to talk about today, of surrounding yourself with amazing people who you can balance those different areas with that are going to help you get to where you want to get to quicker. Yeah. With less stress. So how do you go about it then? How do you go about deciding who you want to bring in to your world, into Nick's world? Into Nick's world. Okay. So my my longer term, I suppose, mission, if you like, and I I can kind of go back as to how I got to this as well. So I did a whole heap of self-reflection a few years back. So my story 
was one of, you know, highly successful corporate career, you know, very, very young board director, CEO before I was 40 of two or three different companies, you know, making good money, everything on the outside looked really good, but on the inside, no fulfillment. Yeah. Had a bit of a personal breakdown around that and, you know, literally was just not a good person to be around, cracked all my teeth one night because I was so stressed, all those things. And so I had to go away and work out what the hell was going on. And what it was, very simply, was that everything that I was told growing up and the things that we should do Mm -hmm. was not in line with what my values were, quite simply. So I was taught to go and get a job, be successful, run that corporate ladder, do everything it can possibly take to get to everything like that. And then once you get there, you realize, actually, that's not really what it's about. So back to your question, I I then thought, okay, so what do I want my life to be about? And my mission is really about helping myself. Well, it's about me becoming the best version of myself. And it's about helping other people achieve the same at a very, very high so level. is that quite spiritual for you? It's very spiritual. Mm. So everything, even the podcast, and I say this, is more about the contribution that I'm providing. I mean, I say it and I do it. Every time someone wants to have a call with me, I'll just have a call with anybody and try and help them get to that next stage. There's no expectation about that. And I find that if I add enough value to people, I end up getting what I want in all other areas of my life anyway because I'm leading with contribution. I'm not leading with anything that's you know, motivated differently. See, I think that that's fascinating because that, that really strongly resonates with what I'm doing and why I'm doing and helping people kind of come out of their shell so that they can have more impact. In your previous work, in your corporate work, before you had what you descri- described as a, a personal breakdown, I think they were your words. Yeah. Was there any feeling of that at that stage? A lot of things happened around the same time. So I hadn't met my dad, for example. So he left when I was two or three, and then I met him for the first time. So we're talking 30-odd years, 35 years. And then he died very quickly. And what was interesting about meeting him, he was a really successful entrepreneur. So all of a sudden, I had this kind of limiting belief that I wasn't entrepreneurial. I was, you know, a corporate guy. What if it's in your DNA? And all of a sudden, I I spent some time with my dad over about two or three years. And then I realized I'm really, there's a lot of similarities around us. And then I realized, actually, perhaps I've done the wrong thing here. And then I connected back. I actually started a business when I was 18, really successfully, and sold it. So you were already an entrepreneur. Yeah. You just weren't seeing yourself. So what happens, and this 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 was the epiphany, if you want to call it that, was I had lost my way for 20 years following something I thought was the right yeah. path but actually was repressing what I really was and okay. so as soon as I as soon as I got that which happened literally over the space of a few days I connected with it how I, did you connect with it so I okay so the story is here we go <laughs> here we Didn't go the, we the story is, is the story is I I so I after I broke on my teeth <laughs> <laughs> so you know that was that wasn't Ouch. that wasn't a fun night and and I was talking to my wife and I called up a friend of mine who back at university days he retired at 28 so I knew him in his early 20s and he retired at sort of 28 29 and made 65 million dollars Australian dollars on a business and I called him up and we all thought he was weird and I said to him what did you do and he said I went to UPW which is unleash the power within Tony Robbins event right. and he goes and I just basically followed the process and I went Okay, that's a bit weird. And I'd read some of his books beforehand, but then I watched a, um, a Netflix documentary with Tony Robbins with my wife. Literally, this all happened in the space of about two weeks, yeah. this whole thing. Watch that. So and no it, teeth. No teeth. <laughs> no, you know, not good. Watching, no, okay. Watching Tony. And so, anyway, so I watched this and I said to my wife, I said, I've just got to go and do this. So, literally, watched that. The same day I went to see when the next event was, which happened to be in Chicago, booked the ticket, booked the flights, went there about a week later. 
you know, literally cried my eyes out the whole event because mm-hmm. I was like, God, I've been living this weird life. Yeah. And then I sort of worked out what life. I should be. Came back and changed everything. And that's okay. when I started to create those lists back to yeah. who do I need How long to- ago was that now? <sighs> Three years. Gosh, wow. I love that. Before that, I was doing the similar sort of stuff. So the yeah, stuff on scale-up I was doing. Thing. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, so I love this. So what I'm going to share <laughs> with you is that three years ago, I had, I'd gone through, I'd gone from disabled and limited, which I've talked about on the podcast a few times, disabled and limited, believing I'd never walk again, to then being on the red carpets in Hollywood. And it was literally three years ago this week. Wow. On the red carpets in Hollywood for my seventh award. And I kind of went, hang on, I've achieved everything that I thought I had to do. I've done it. And there's a disconnect here. What is this? And at the same time, I was completing my Master NLP practitioner training, which we've talked about off air a little. And I felt like I almost had this moment of, I know it's not just about you anymore. It's about how you can show everybody what you've done and how you can speak that message. And obviously, my journey has always been behind microphones. So what happens if I speak my words, which is very much where this podcast comes in. But I love that. So you've had quite an incredible journey over the last few years, similar. as have I. So just to unpack that, because yeah. I, I know some of this, but not all of it. And I think it's interesting for people to understand. Yeah. So the whole wheelchair to what yeah. you do now, what what's that? So How's... 10 years ago, well, the week of Christmas, 10 years ago, I was told through my third pregnancy that I would... I should expect and plan to never walk again. I had very severe SPD, symphysis pubis dysfunction. It's now often known as pelvic girdle pain, where basically you fall apart. It's very common in the last week of pregnancy, but my hospital had never seen anything like it. We had a lot of stress in our house and in our family at the time. It was just one thing after another. And I'd had this mildly in my first and second pregnancies, but week nine in the pregnancy, I was sick as a dog. We had a lot of stress, all sorts of things going on. I had some pain within three days. I was on a Zimmer frame. Within five days, I was in a wheelchair and I couldn't do anything. At this point, I had a four-year-old who just started school. I had a 13-month-old toddler and I was pregnant. And we just got married and we were <laughs> We couldn't live in our house for some reason at the time. And they'd never seen a case like it. And my, I'm not going to go in. I was going to say some stuff about it. I'm not going into that okay. that's, another, that's another episode. <laughs> but essentially, I reached the lowest, the depths of the depths. And I went to get help. And the help I went to get was seeing someone who was a hypnotherapist because I thought it might help. Actually, he didn't do any hypnosis that day. He used NLP conversation with me. It's very much a conversation, but with yeah, cool. specific techniques. And it was the first time I opened those doors to possibility for myself. Right. And very much seeing my book get visible, my podcast, Entrepreneurs Get Visible. I was hiding and I was hiding and... He he showed me the language that I was using about myself, which was about being limited, stuck and overlooked. And those related to being in a wheelchair, but actually went much deeper than that. And they were about me not being seen as a person, not being recognized as a performer. For me, it was always about recognition. So what happened then... I basically went away and changed all of my language. This is such a big story in a very short space. No, 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 it's a great story. I changed all of my language from pain to healing, from I'm stuck to I have choice. And we put in very rigid structures at home so that my family could support me having or not having conversations. And I'm not going to say it was easy, but within three weeks, I was back on a Zimmer frame. Within six weeks, I was back doing the school run. There you go. So that that language thing, though, that's me. I mean, I I have a... um and some people know this, I've mentioned on the podcast beforehand, I have a, a room in my house which has literally got affirmations written all over it mm-hmm. of the 20-year vision. So every day when yeah. I'm, it's actually my bathroom. So every you're going to get there. Oh, well, yeah. It's all my, what we call I am statements. Yeah. So, you know, what, what you, you know, the, one of my mentors says, the words that follow I am follow you. 
Mm. So be very intentional again. About so what I want to say something about this in context of the fact we're talking about Tony Robbins. So when I launched Entrepreneurs Get Visible, I knew three years ago that I wanted to be speaking alongside the leading speakers in the world, which for me included Tony Robbins. When I launched this podcast, Entrepreneurs Get Visible, by day two, iTunes was promoting me alongside Tony Robbins and Gary Vee. Now, they're the two, two people that in my head, that's where I want to be. And so I feel very much like I've created that. Now, whether, you know, we're not going to get into spirituality and manifestation, all of those things. But actually, for me, it's as much as my belief that I can do that. My yeah. belief that it is possible. No, I believe, I mean, they, they say, you know, if you study this stuff, which I have, you know, it's um, you create everything in your life versus a thought, you know. <laughs> Conversation is the one I thought we were going to Well, but it does it it does contextualize back in terms of okay, how do you turn this into action? You need to get into that because I think we're talking a lot about the sort of why as opposed to what you do. But yeah, you know, I mean a lot of stuff I found is and this is another another story back to when I was talking to my wife a few years back before I even got involved in some of the stuff I do now. I always used to write down some goals and I always used to write down some goals at Christmas. So how I do it now is very different, Mm -hmm. as you explained, to how I used to do it. But I look back on a few of them, particularly the ones around sort of 2010, so almost a decade ago. And she used to say to me, you know, every time you write down a goal, you do it. Yeah. And I went back and looked at my little book and I thought, you know what? Wow, I did, but I forgot. You know, but I sowed the seed at that point in time and then... Took you, action, you most likely. Took action, but also attracted things. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I always think that people say, you know, do you attract these different successes or achievements? And for me, it's not so much about that. It's that when something presents itself to you because yeah. it's in your mind... You see the opportunity. You see it. Whereas before you had, in NLP terms, generalised, deleted or distorted information. Yes. Whereas when you are creating those... This is the science part of it when you're creating those new neural pathways about who I am and what I'm looking for actually that stuff was probably always there you just deleted it you didn't recognize that it was there so it's really interesting and for me I'm very intentional about now who I network with where I go who I bring in who I want to train with and those things evolve and grow depending on where I am with my business and, who, and, exactly. and that journey, my and you business outgrow, is very much me. So you outgrow your mentors, I find. I always yeah. say this to people too, that, you know, again, when I work with people in their businesses, I say, I'll be, you know, useful and helpful to you at a point in time, but I may not be the person that can, you know, there's a point in time where it may not be that, you know, you need me, yeah. you need someone else. So if we get into, because I know the, the topic today was about, you know, how do you surround yourself with these I know, but this has been great. It's fun, so isn't it? <laughs> Let's get into it, because I think there's a piece here just to extend what we've been saying. So... If I think about, okay, first and foremost, have that vision, have that, mm-hmm. have your goals, right? Yes. So you've got to start with that. If you don't have those anywhere, so you're not kind going of, anywhere. You're not going to, it doesn't matter who you surround yourself with. Yep. So there's a piece there, but as soon as you have the clarity, it's almost like that framework, then it becomes very easy to seek out and work out who you need to have around yeah. you. And that's what I've done, yeah, right? Same. It's very simple as that. And so for me, there was, so in my model, so there was around personal branding. So how do I get better at that? Mm-hmm. Rob Moore, mm-hmm. brilliant assets. Podcasting, the same thing. Yep. So, so Rob has helped with me massively on that and there was a very clear view that I wanted to go to the best I could find certainly in the UK around those things so that's Rob buying and selling businesses which is one of my business models there's two people in the world who are the best at that a guy called um, Carl Allen and Jeremy Harbour now this is a weird story because I'm going to share it with you Carl Allen has a ma- an amazing online program around business buying and I bought that program a little while ago now I turned up to a Tony Robbins event in August, which was called Life and Wealth Mastery. And there's 500 people in the room and you broke into groups, small groups of about 15 people. 
Carl Allen's in my group. Amazing. Right? So now we've done a partnership together and we're going to be doing more stuff together. So again, it's weird this, right? And that's happened more times than I can explain. That's just one example. But the person that I wanted to be a mentor that I didn't have met, I manifested to some extent. And then serendipitously... you've got yourself in the right places with the people, with the right mind frames, with the people who are on a similar journey, albeit maybe they're at different stages to you. But I had no no idea he was going to be there. You know, it's it's, it's crazy. And those sort of things, again, you sit next to someone at a restaurant, it opens up another door. That happened recently on a flight. So you... Yes, I love meeting people on flights and make the most fascinating connections because I'm open to having those conversations. Yes, exactly. open to meeting people. For me, though, taking that little step further, one of the things that I talk about quite a lot is being intentional in who you connect with. So for me, I make sure that I go to conferences that... Mm-hmm. matter i go to networking events but when i know that the right level of people are going to be there i don't just network if i don't think that it's the right people in the room and you yeah. can ne- you can never be 100 percent sure on that and you do have to go to events with the right the right idea about why you're wanting to connect but it's from having those casual conversations where maybe you know you've been getting a cup of tea together that 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 real human connection then sparks so yes. for me going to big events like tony robbins or something similar to that not about that moment yes it is the content and that's powerful but it's about those moments those human interactions yeah. that then lead to relationship in some well there's way. two i mean i was um last three weeks i've been in the u.s four weeks actually and the first week was in san diego at brendan bouchard's influencer conference and i met three people there who are coming on the podcast Amazing. and opened up a whole heap of other doors amazingly so and again it's the whole thing around how you do that you know how you put yourself into that position into the environment yeah, yeah. yes yes you have to be you have to be in the room hmm. absolutely and i think for me in my backstory that's when i've had incredible success because i've got myself into the room before my peers have yes and it's about going i'm ready to up level so somebody needs to see me somebody needs to hear what i have to say and there'd be a real meeting yeah. of humans as opposed to I'm selling at you or I'm pitching Yeah, it's at definitely you. not that. And that's the one thing probably to get across to both of our audiences is this is not, you can't be unauthentic no. when you go into these things. So if I go to one of these events, I'm not going there trying to pitch what I do with Scale Your Business or anything like that. I'm going no. there to meet people who are interesting, seeing if you know I can help them, they can help me. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, you have similar values when you go to these things yeah. anyway. But I always, just to kind of leave this with your audience, if people are struggling with their scale-up, and you're not extending your environment, your network, putting yourself, you know, investing in yourself as well to some extent. Mm. If you're not doing those things, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to be able to yeah. find the strategies to be able to get to where you want to be. Yeah, it's very lonely sometimes unless you're putting yourself into those situations. And that on that loneliness part, I guess the thing that I want to leave this with is that you need to be getting out there. As entrepreneurs, we're very often running our businesses on our own, often initially from home before you reach that scale up, that scale up element. So if you're not deliberately having those connections, you're not going to build your business. You're not going to be known. No one's going to see you. You're not going to be visible because nobody knows who you are. And actually, you know, it's not that every time you go to something, you're going to meet your new best buddy. That's not what it's about. But over time, people are going to remember who you are. They're going to remember that maybe you could be a connection for somebody else. And it's about thinking about the more you can help other people in connections, the more that they will help you later yeah, on as well. Indeed. And, and I find that people say sometimes if you get into the mechanics of um, how you grow a business and people talk about marketing and they talk about the commercial mm-hmm. side, I always say referenceability. You know, if you've, yes. if you've helped other social people, proof. social <laughs> proof, all that influence, mm-hmm. you know, if you're memorable, 
table with other people and you've genuinely tried to sort of add some value, that scales your business more yeah. quickly than actually sometimes going out there and spending a heap on marketing. But it's interesting, like you were talking about your podcast. So sometimes for me, it's people I've met at conferences or events or, or that have been recommended to me. But also, once you've kind of broken the back of who you are connected with, then people talk about you. And yeah. that's a good thing. So you then can have pick and choose about who comes and does content for you, whether it's Facebook Lives or whether it's collaborating in a membership or like for you partnerships and JVs. Yeah. Yeah, so it just gives you more choice. So what's next for what you're doing? So the whole um, helping people get visible. Obviously, you've got your book coming out. my first book coming out this Amazing. very soon. My second book will be out next year. It's kind of wow. a stagger wow. launches at the moment. Um, I'm in the process of writing a book at the moment. And you yeah. know what? It's hard work. <laughs> so the next, the next thing for me is, obviously, I have this whole wealth of audio experience that I kind of just... At that point, I wanted to give contribution. I thought it was just about getting people out there. What I guess I've missed... I deleted was that actually entrepreneurs don't have my experience. So I'm going to be helping people a lot more with that mm-hmm. message bringing in terms of podcasts. I've got something coming out next year, which I'm not going to announce just yet because okay, that's all good. part of the tease and part of the seeding. But yeah, there's all sorts of all sorts of interesting stuff that's connected with visibility, but that's not just about being seen, that's being about being heard and being remembered. Yeah. And for me, my work is constantly evolving to work out how I best do that for people. Fantastic. So yeah, we'll what make about sure. you? What's next for you? Well, for me, I mean, I've got the book. The book's coming out. So timing to be decided because I've got to get, again, a little bit more focused. It gets written at five in the morning. That's when it gets written at the moment. The podcast is, I'm doing a lot more stuff in the US at the moment. So there's a whole heap of speaking engagements that are going to be happening over in the US. It wasn't really, again, something I planned because obviously I'm Australian and I live in the UK and I've lived all over the world. I've lived in the US. But I think because of some of the messages that I'm putting together, which is around the skill set and mindset of business scale up, it's resonating quite a lot in the US. So it's quite things like that. But it's crucial. It's crucial to everything, how you think about things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so for me, there's there's a few different education programs that are coming out in partnership over the next 12 months, which I'll be launching. I've launched a couple of those already. And then there's going to be a whole heap of different business buying investments. Mm-hmm. So the stuff I've been doing for 10 years in private equity, I'm starting to do more within partnership with other people. So it's really about that. And then I suppose the longer term piece, back to the whole 20-year goal, and this is the thing that drives me more than anything else is, and it comes back to what I said about my dad, because he died of cancer. Someone said to me once that the cure for cancer could be hidden somewhere, hidden in someone's head in the middle of Africa, yeah. and there's no access to that individual because they haven't got the, the people around them or the infrastructure. So my whole thing is to set up a foundation around that, which is entrepreneurship is a force for good. So I want to be able to create mentoring, free mentoring and free access to people in developing countries Mm. who have not got access to the same things that we would have in the Western world. Mm. So part of what I'm doing around that is supporting those type of foundations, but I'd like to be able to bring the stuff I'm doing on business scale up much more broadly into those environments. Mm. Amazing. Well, this conversation today has completely gone at all sorts of tangents we didn't know, but that's because we were both open to properly connecting. And I think that happens like that, doesn't it? I know, it's been fantastic. And I think, you know, it's one of the things I would say is, because we've met, what, six months ago, you know, you can start, when you start to put yourself in those environments, back to the, the context that we're talking about today, you start to meet like-minded people. You start to see similar values, similar pathways. And I can say wholeheartedly, the people that I've met even doing this mastermind and others has, has changed what I'm doing with my yeah. businesses. And it's been an amazing experience all around. Ditto. And I think it's a level of support, particularly when what we've come together in the mastermind we've been in, people have got such different businesses yeah. on paper. But when you've got the right energy, the right mindset, the right belief in your own ability to achieve. It's really powerful when you come together. It is. Well, this has been great doing this joint yeah, podcast it's been today. Great. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> you say. For coming on my show. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. 
to get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.